Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we showcase and shine display a dynamic journey and illuminating universal life principles. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by Derek Daniel Guajardo, author of ABCs of Thriving in Marriage and founder of Strong Life Coach. Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate it. And let me let everybody know we have new host, Ramiro Fonton over here in the booth and I, and I just want to say big thank you uh ramiro for jumping in here and uh and for people who don't know um uh ramiro has a poetic flair and he has a gift of communication so i thought it'd be great to, to put him in this seat and have a good time um, as, as as the as the new strong life coach podcast host and so i'm excited i'm, I'm excited to connect with you thank you man. i appreciate the introduction i really do appreciate that i mean a lot i'm really there help you host this. Awesome. Yes, well, sir. let's get into it. I was going to talk to you more about the introduction of the book. Uh, let's talk about how some of the major things you tackled. You know, you were married only six years and your friend, Mr. Rob Cochran, made a, you inspired you and eventually helped you write this book. Tell us more about this. Right, right, right. So, um, well, I think there was a lot of, there, there was insecurity I had. And, and something I, I know I go through and I know a number of people in my circle go through is we battle with this challenge sometimes is, am I enough? Like, am I strong enough? Am I smart enough? Am I wise enough? Am I experienced enough? And we, and we, and we ask this question. I ask that question at times. And some, sometimes, you know, there's more doubt and insecurity. Sometimes there's confidence. Yet when it came to this topic, you know, there was, there's a lot of people that I, that I, I look to and I admire their marriage and their world. Um, and, and so I, I love being in the learner's seat because there's so many great people around me, yet the passion you know, behind you know, being willing to write the book, I mean, really that conversation with Rob was, he just really kind of poked some holes in my insecurity. So he, he challenged the notion where I, when I mentioned in the intro that, um, that I was thinking, hey, I'll wait till I'm married 20 years. So I have a lot of, you know, two decades of experience. Um, he just said, you know what? Um, somebody married for 20 years doesn't necessarily mean they're more mature. Hmm, you know, you can, go, you can go through life and not actually grow through life. So um, anyway, that, that this notion just challenged me to say, you know what? Let me, let me write what I'm passionate about, which is helping other people in their marriage. And that's why we got the book. And uh, tell me more about uh, Mr. Uh, Rob Cochran. How do you meet and, how, and how, how'd you guys meet? Yes, yes. So we met, um, um, my wife and I, when we, when we were dating long distance, so we were boyfriend, girlfriend. She was in Dallas, which is, you know, five hours driving from San Antonio, where I was, you know, and I, I still am now. We, we decided that we wanted mentors in our world, you know, okay. when we were boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, just starting out because we just knew other people would help us to be our best. So one of the couples in Dallas was Rob and his wife, Shanika Cochran, that we said, we just want to be influenced by. We want their guidance. We want their, their, um, their influence. We want, we want to learn from them. So we began connecting with them back in 2011 when we first okay. boyfriend and girlfriend. So, you know, we've known them for nine years and then, in that 2019 conversation I mentioned in the introduction of the book, I, uh, they, Rob and Shanika moved to Ohio. They're in Akron, um, the Akron, Canton area of Ohio. 
And uh, so, so we've just stayed in touch with them and, and Rob's opened up opportunities for me to, to, to do some teaching and speaking um, there with the, with, with the church there. So that's the reason that that conversation happened. He invited okay. me up for the weekend and he challenged the notion of waiting for a, a marriage workshop or waiting even to write a book. That's fantastic. That's awesome. It's always good to have people in your life to mentor you and to coach you through. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you another thing. So when you write this book, uh, I know it's kind of tricky because I know if your spouse is on the same page as you are, sometimes it can cause a lot of conflict. And so tell us more about the dynamic between your relationship with your wife and writing this book. Because I know when it takes a lot of courage and a lot of um, vulnerability to share the, the dynamics of your relationship and be vulnerable. Tell us about the, how, how that worked out for you two. I, I love the question because it's, it's this notion of, uh, of vulnerability that, you know, we, we, I think we can maybe walk on different um, sides of the spectrum. Like my, my world like leans toward vulnerability. Like I, I try to be as, as vulnerable as I can be as often as I can be. I, I lean in that world. Um, my wife, naturally, she's more, um, more reserved than I am. So she, she's, she's, she's probably naturally, um, more put together on an ongoing basis. You know, I, I, I tease her that nobody's ever seen her without her hair done, like in her entire life. Like I'm the only, like maybe me and her siblings are the only people that have seen her. Like she, she likes being put together um, even. Um, so in our marriage, when, when we've noticed we're helping other people in their marriages, you know, a lot of times they're in a, in, in a bad spot yet what helps us to connect with people who are in a bad spot is to share about our bad spots or to share about mm -hmm. times when we weren't in a, in a, in a good place. So I think I've seen her transform her perspective where she's really emphasized vulnerability. And, and I think when I think about vulnerability, it's one of my favorite topics. I think about if, if humility was the mom and if courage was the dad and they had a baby, the baby would be vulnerability. Wow. And, uh, and so, so vulnerability is a combination of courage and humility. So I think my wife has natural humility. I probably have natural courage. And then so we come together and I think um, strive to be vulnerable to really empower other people around us that it's okay to have weaknesses. But the key is to, um, is to not be complacent in weakness but to know that it's common. And if it's common, there's also common solutions to getting out of weakness. Mm. Wow, that's profound. I never heard it like that, where humility is the mother and courage is the father and make a baby into a vulnerability. Wow, I like how you personificated those two things into one thing. That's, that's profound, man. I think that's- I, I wrote that like probably this past week, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible, man. You did a fantastic job describing that. Because I think a lot of times people are, you know, I guess the ego gets in the way, so they don't want to share their vulnerable thing about their life and they want to you know put up this facade and be everything's great but deep down inside behind closed doors it's not like that and I feel like it takes a lot of courage like you said and I think that has how you really grow and that's how you make an impact to people and relate to people and I know um that that's that's the way to do it I mean you can other right. way right and it's and it's not for everybody you know and it's okay and it's right but you're able to work be a team together and work it out and and do it and writing the book and it, it, it's relatable and it impacts so many people, which is right. fantastic. I appreciate you for doing that. Right. I mean, some people talk about like this notion of a success gap, you know, like if you're a growing person, you're going to become more successful. You know, you have more success going your way now, but as you become more successful, 
um, people will look at you a little bit different, like almost like you're on, mm -hmm. on a pedestal, like you're on a stage, you're on a pedestal, you're at this next level. So for me, vulnerability, what it does is takes me from maybe up here to bring me back down here. Like, so people can see, Hey, I'm, I'm a normal person. I, ha I eat, I drink, I sleep, you know, you put your pants on one leg at a time, one leg at a time. Right. All of that is, it makes me human. It makes me normal. Right. And if I'm normal, then I have the best opportunity to connect. And if I connect, I have the best opportunity to elevate. Absolutely. We rise by lifting others. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. All right. So then let's talk about more and deep and deeper and more intimately. You're talking about vulnerability. Let's talk about how, like, how in the book you talked about how your mom and dad divorced and how you were a kid, how that impacted you the most. Whew. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, in, in, and I think, like, some of like, the deepest pain in, um, was probably from that, right? Mom and dad's divorce. You know, I, I think I was two, three years old. Yet, yet looking back, in, 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 when, in, and I'll tell you, there was hesitation in writing about it, right? Like, because I never want to dishonor my mom, right? I never want to dishonor Absolutely. my dad. Never want to, um, I never want to do that. And, and, I, and I share in that introduction that, um, th that his unfaithfulness led to their divorce. And he's passed away, oh. you know, um, now as, as of, uh, when I, when I was 17 and I'm 34 now, but, but to your question of, um, of like this, like just deciding to write about that, like I, I did hesitate and I think my mom's been, been actually really supportive of me being real and telling the mm. story and we've talked and we've cried over the phone, even remembering some of these things. Um, but I think my mom has been really supportive of me telling the authentic story and, uh, and, and, and the authentic story is not always pretty, but, right. but the idea is, um, as, as you look at some of the statistics, a lot more people have experienced their parents going divorced. So when I'm saying, Hey, I didn't come from this picture perfect background. Um, right. yet I'm striving to put myself around people who are successful in their marriage so I can learn from them. And that's what the whole book's about, which is um, principles that actually help people, help principles that actually work to help marriages to improve. Yeah, because I, I can relate to that. I mean, my, my parents divorced later in my life, my early 20s. And it was very powerful and very devastating. I think about how it impacted how I saw life, how I saw people, and I saw marriages. One of the things I learned was not to, just two sides to every story, you know? Whether it's unfaithfulness or not unfaithfulness, um, you know, the truth is in the middle. And I think for me to love them equally and respectfully and not take sides and over the time both and respect them. And now I know not to repeat those same mistakes and watch, you know, and honor them every way I can, you know, and not hold that against them because I'm not married to my parents. You know what I'm saying? I'm completely separate of them and I have nothing to do with that. But what I have to do is be a, a, the best son I can be to, to respect them. They sacrifice so much for me to get where I'm at, you know, and I can never hold that against them. And it took a lot to forgive my parents. And um, I'm grateful that we were able to work through things. I forgave them. I love them. We, we, our relation got stronger. I see them more in a different light than before. And uh, because of that, I, I think that uh, how sometimes tragedy becomes triumphant, you know, and you go through that, and you learn from that. So I absolutely think that's amazing. I'm glad you shared that part of that because then you can make impact on people that have because like even though that was a tragic origin doesn't mean that has to be the case for someone in the future to find someone and find divorce right. and not to be divorced in that lifestyle. 
That's right. That's right. And I, I love that you talked about uh, both sides of the story. And, and because I just believe, of course, as a coach, that ownership for my side of any situation is it's paramount, right? Because I know sometimes we get caught up in, well, the organization or the people or somebody else, mm -hmm. my spouse, yep. my friend, you know, we, we you know, it, it, it's, it's blame game. A common tendency to blame shift um, yeah. as opposed to thinking, well, you know what? Um, I could have been a better, I can, I could have been better. Um, mm -hmm. I could have improved. Um, but, but, um, but I like when you, you said that you captured it of, um, there's two sides to every story. And let's talk about more about the, um, the whole issue with you having to, uh, uh, the, I guess the hurdles, okay. The vulnerability, um, what kind of habits do you have to make to write the book? Like what, what are some changes that you had to make to continue? Cause you talked about James Clear and how the principle of making habits to atomic kind of 1% and how to implement those, what, what, what made you shift your way or how, what was your strategy? I mean, it was right, like you right, about right. all the hurdles you had, all the issues you had. Talk about what, what was your breakdown of that book? Sure. Uh, the biggest thing uh, for people who've been following me since like in January, like on socials, um, my, my theme for the first four months of the year was um, experience, explore, experiment. Like these kind of these, mm. of just get, get, a, get a chance to try things, try things, try things. So people saw me doing stuff on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, like doing the dances, putting up quotes. I had a, a comic book that was like comic book coaching and I was just trying a bunch of things. Um, and they having a good time. You know, I genuinely enjoyed creating a lot of content during that time period. Yet, um, creating a lot of content takes time. And I can create content for socials, yet that was it. that could eat up sometimes four hours, sometimes they eat up eight hours in a day. Yet I asked myself in a year from a year from now, two years from now, am I gonna wanna say that I posted, you know, four hours of content or I, you know, I was spending four or five hours on social media content? And there's nothing wrong with it. Hey, that's your your hustle and your grind. Hey, right. focus on your hustle right. and your grind. But my bigger dream, what I wanted more than social media content, which was to become an author. Mm. And I told myself, all right, I think it was the beginning of May. I'm going to delete Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Netflix. I'm, I'm deleting everything. <laughs> Weapons of mass distraction. <laughs> I like that. Weapons of mass distraction. Um, and so I'm going to delete everything. Awesome. And, and, and uh, some of my friends tease me about it because they'll send me videos and I'll say, hey, I'll say, hey, what'd you learn? <laughs> you know, like, like I won't go watch it because I just get consumed. Rabbit you know, hole. Right, right. The rabbit hole. Um, I'm looking, you know, looking around, exploring. But anyway, to answer your question, the strategy, the biggest thing was, where's my time being used now? And even, mm. again, I even said I'm deleting um, Gmail and Ymail from my phone. So I'm not even going to have access to wow. those. And, uh, and what it's in the name of putting the two, the three, the four, the six hours in a day that maybe I was using for social before, social media before, and I'm into the book. And I think that was the game changer. Like, w was I willing to sacrifice um, a thing that I liked for something that, I love, which was 
which is accomplishing this goal of becoming an author, writing this book on marriage. Producing and, and creating. That's, that's good, man. That's, that's a, I think it's a battle for all of us. I think for me, I always get distracted on everything. Like, I want to do this, I want to do that. Like, I'll, And it's like, you just need to pick one thing and stick with it. And then after you get really good at move to the next thing. So I, I think that's amazing. You applied that rule to make some sacrifices. You have to be that intense to get what you want. I mean, you have a lot of things and there's a lot of uh, uh, trash out there and you have to sift through it and filter through what's, what's benefit for me. And I think uh, for me, I, I know that sometimes it has to be like, it has to be that way sometimes, you know, and it's okay. I make those sacrifices, you know, you're not going to miss out on anything and you're not going to, you know, the, the way it's designed is for you to be distracted and to take away, yes. away from everything. Look, look here, look here, notification here, notification there. After a while you get so overwhelmed and being able to have the agency and the responsibility and the power to have, um, you know, sovereignty over those things, not to have that control you, but you control it. I think that takes a lot of character and a lot of discipline to do that. And you realize how much beneficial, how, how beneficial, uh, beneficial it is and how, how well you feel about yourself and you accomplish anything. You're unstoppable pretty much at that point. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. You know, in the beginning, though, it was like, I'll pull up my phone. I'm like, wait, I don't have anything here. What am I doing? Like, pull up my phone up. Oh, you know, you just realize, I mean, I was doing it, whatever, sometimes 50 times in an hour to, wow. to just, just to go look around. Okay. And then, and then look around and then look <clears> around. <throat> but then the, the power of focus and how much you can get done. Yeah. With no distractions. And I know some parents, you know, COVID-19, the kids are at home and that's all kinds of distraction. But oh, then yeah. we can make a bad situation worse by piling on distractions that keep us from our bigger goals. Absolutely. And then that goes back to the whole concept of like every time you look at your phone, every time you take look at distraction, you break away your concentration. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes or 30 minutes to get back in the flow of things. You are on a already on a path of consistent you know hard work and then that little thing distracts you you fall off and get derailed every time and it takes away your power it takes away your productivity and i totally agree with that so, yes. so how are you really studying how are you really listening and everybody has different structures for folks when it comes to you know working and listen to music you know whatever works but i feel like if you're someone who wants to get powerful results your strategy how you implemented that is a fantastic way of mm-hmm. attacking it at all that's good you know, you know what's so. fascinating about it though is is after the book is finished and you go kind of go i'm gonna go back you know to like the distraction all, all the kind of distractions <laughs> what, like, did okay. I miss? what did i miss but then you go back to hey if i want to write another book then it's kind of the same strategy mm-hmm. and, and, and again no, the sacrifices aren't always convenient it's like ah like okay let me do it let me let me get off facebook for a while instagram for a while um in the name of um goals and dreams coming true which is, which is, again, it is, this whole book thing, it's a big dream come true. That's, that's a fantastic, man. I appreciate you for sharing that with us. Um, I was going to ask another question you had shared with us. You talked about how the principle of live better, live bright, and live best. Tell me about that. I mean, I think I never heard that before in that, in that context of that principle. I mean, you talk about your mistakes and they learn from your mistakes, but also learning from that and then sharing that with people. I, I think people who have knowledge tend to harbor it, tend to keep it to themselves. And I feel like when you want to be someone who wants to make a difference in the world, you can't be stingy with your knowledge. You want to share your knowledge. You want to share your, your, uh, uh, your experiences with other people. And I think to talk about more than how that. Yeah. Shifted. Right. Right. <laughs> I think for me, the first time I heard the notion, I think I heard it some, in some, another version, like the, a wise man learns from his own mistakes. A wiser man learns from the mistakes of others. 
and, uh, and the wisest man of all learns from the success of others. And for me, taking that and applying it to the, the live, um, live better, live bright, live best, um, it's, just, it's the same notion. Um, but for me, when I, when I first read, heard the notion of like, learn from your mistakes, learn from the mistakes of others, learn from the success of others, it was all about me. Like, let me learn from those things so I can become wise. Let me learn from my own mistakes. Let me learn from the mistakes of others. Let me learn from their successes. So I, you know, re- whether it's reading books, asking questions, um, begin podcasts, things like that would help you to learn from a variety of people. But also, of course, the first one's about learning from yourself. Like, how, how can I learn from what I've done and improve upon, you know, uh, upon things that I've done in my past? So the shift came from realizing that you know, they, they, they talk about this notion of like one is too small a number to achieve. Mm. So it's one thing for me to become wise, but it's another thing to empower other people to become wise. So how do mm. I help 10 people to be wise instead of just Derek? Derek, Derek is wise if he learns from his own mistakes. But if I can help 10 other people learn from their mistakes and I help 10 people be wise. But then how do I mm. empower them to learn from their own mistakes? To me, it's, I'm going to share my own mistakes with you and how I'm learning from them with the goal of encouraging you to learn from your mistakes. And right. then the next one is learning from the, the uh, mistakes of others. It's kind of the same notion. I'm helping people to learn from my mistakes. Hopefully they can avoid some of the mistakes that I've made. And the last one, which is key because we could go to one, we could go from one extreme to the other, which is I'm going to tell you my mistakes, but then not tell you my successes. So um, as somebody who values humility, you know, I, I value humility in a great way. At times we can think that means don't tell people how you're successful or don't t- mm-hmm. t- tell people that you're, if you're successful, own it, but then share how, what helped you right. get um, Which is kind of, just kind of my world now, which is if you, if you only help people learn from the mistakes of themselves and mistakes of others, you're helping people to know what to avoid in life. Mm. I believe the beauty and power of life is not actually in avoiding, um, but all, but it's, it's an embracing, right? Avoiding bad, but it's embracing the good. So if you embrace the good, the successful things that make other people successful, that's what sets you apart. And anyway, I know I gave, I gave you a ton there. No, that's good because I can I can uh, totally understand what you're saying. I think another thing too, like when I was younger, I was trying to see my perfect day was that I avoided mistakes. And it's like, how well did you really grow from that? Oh, I avoided dodge all this stuff. But were you really challenged? Would you really, really grow? And that there's days where you had, the, I guess, the crappy days you have and everything went wrong. I try not to look at a crappy. I look at it as a character building day. Like you were, had a cultural moment. You learned so much. And that really stretches your character, really builds you up from that crazy bad day you had. And I think um, human nature is like we measure our successes by how much time we don't fail, but it's like, you can't basically succeed until you fail multiple times. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of the process and that's how you make you stronger. And, and I totally agree with that whole aspect of you talking about how, um, but you talked about, uh, you learning from your fails and avoiding things, but also I want to talk about what you said about the triple E's, the explorer, uh, experiments. And what was the other one you said? Experience experience that I feel like you were able to be like the lab rat <laughs> and put you through yourself through so much, you know, uncomfortable situations and learn from those situations then you can pass that knowledge to other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's profound. I mean, I think that's, that's the heart to have and to, 
have that attitude outlook on life it's, it's impactful and it's also contagious you realize you know what if he did it, i know i could do it too you know it's not that there's like this mumbo jumbo spiritual or super uh powerful like secret sauce that you know anybody can only certain elite people can be successful everybody can be successful you know right. everybody can have that attitude but it's that having that paradigm and that mindset i, I agree it is it is and I, I love that you said it like that because <clears throat> what, what i encounter as i deal with people on an ongoing basis is there is resistance and fear about failing mm-hmm and and the mindset that I, I i'm not perfect at it but what i aim at is i'm either gonna do something and be successful or i'm gonna do something and be successful and mm. what i mean by that is it's if, if it fails then i get to learn if it succeeds then hey i have a, I have a success story yeah. so it's success yeah. or learning success or learning success or learning yeah but, but I, I read a quote last night um, there's a Tony Robbins quote, of course, another uh, author and, and a coach, but he said, um, there's no such thing as failure. Like really, mm-hmm. like what's, what's, what's the definition? What's, which one do you embrace? And I was like, ah, like, I love that. So the dichotomy I, I, I like is, yeah, it's, I'm going to be successful because I was victorious or I'm going to be successful because I learned from a setback. And the thing is, I always say that cliche failure is not an option. This part of the process, I feel like um, everything we do, you know, quitting is a choice. Giving up is a choice. But sticking it out and, and roughing it out and soldier through the pain, to the anguish, then you know that that's the way to get. And it, it's not what you get, it's what you become because of it. And yeah. I remember we talked about this too, how, about how we talk about people don't want to talk about their weaknesses or talk about their struggles, talk about their failures. It's like, I'd rather show you the museum of my failures than the achievements of the cathedral of my achievements like i'd rather you come to my museum my house of muses of all the stuff i failed over the cathedral of my achievements i mean what has more impact you know when cathedrals not to talk down on cathedrals and the beauty of it but all this you know amazing and all this hype but there's nothing shown for the real authentic who i really am and that's when and there's a history behind every museum there's a history behind it how some uses how the things that inspired you the things you learn from it so i i totally agree when you're talking about success and also success in marriage is key absolutely 100 percent, man yes 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 you know there and it's a couple of things that you said that stood out to me uh one you you talked about not quitting and and that's a that's a part of it and 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 and, and i think i'm kind of growing through like like two notions of that one is the maybe for me the only failure is not trying mm, you know that's huge yeah like i mean if i if if, if, I'm, if i'm trying if i'm trying if i'm attempting again that's to explore like explore is the opposite right of try of not trying now the quitting thing it's, it's interesting i feel like i i'm I think I'm evolving with the the quitting, which is you know like knowing when to quit, and and choose I choose your battles basically. Choose your battles. Well, in that too, but I, I remember last year a friend of mine challenged me to run a marathon, so I was like, all right, you know, I'll do it, whatever, you know. So I started training or whatever, but I realized like I was doing it so I could have a story to tell. I wasn't really <laughs> doing it because yeah. I thought it was. Um, I believe in exercise again. I, I, you know, I, I do, right. I regularly run three miles a day, 
Um, mm. But 26 is different from three. <laughs> you know, so yes, I, um, I, I, I openly quit about, um, marathon training because of the, I didn't, I couldn't see myself running, um, spending extra time there when I could spend extra time on a book or, or training with people or podcast, right. all of these things are, are higher on my value system. So anyway, I think quitting has become, um, I think knowing when to quit and how to quit is, is valuable. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that's, that's profound. So now let's go back to my quitting the marriage. I think that's key, man. All the things, lessons to learn, the principles to learn. Um, one of the things I think about, um, uh, not, not to like make life situations, because I know that when we think of divorce, there's a lot of negative baggage that comes with that. And it's almost like quitting on your spouse and quitting and this happened, this happened, pointing the finger, taking the blame game. But let's talk about divorce in the church and what was your experience like? Oh, yeah, you right, think right. That, that was, I mean, ideally, that's supposed to be like the divorce proof, but we're all human and we all fall and we all right. have things, and things don't work out. And it's maybe because that, that's what we have for a reason. So tell me about that. Mm. I love a couple of notions that you said right there, though. You said um, divorce proof, right? And I know like other books have it like, hey, divorce proof your marriage. And I was like, I'm not going to put that <laughs> on my book um, yeah. because I, because I, I, because I don't believe that. I don't believe. Um, you can um, divorce proof a marriage. So I don't think you, you can control another person's decisions. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and any, but within within the church, um, I remember joining the church, and I'm thinking, oh wow, like I I I almost thought I found heaven on earth, almost right. And like this is yeah. where um, you know we're committed to positive living, making a yeah. good uh, a. a, a, a making a difference on the community. I, I just thought, this is it. This is, this is a great place. You know, um, surely no marriages will happen here. And I remember when, I, when, when they started to happen, I started to see them. And the, the rates were better, you know, better rates in the church than not in the church, if you look at some of the statistics. But whenever a friend, I found out about a friend um, going through a divorce in the church, I think a, a regular divorce, hurts me just to hear about again a friend or family member going through it but i think a divorce in the church i think like it's just i feel like it's not just the knife yeah. in the heart but it's just a twist yeah. of the knife it's 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 in the heart and it's a twist to it um but i think the word devastating shock um these phrases uh speak to me um because just because you're a part of this um or this, or this organization, or, or this is called what is it, the people. You're, you're, you're part yeah. of a group of people yeah, who are trying to live great. It, it, it doesn't mean that um, I control my wife. You know, I talk about this actually in, in the Z chapter, which is about um, your the emotional boundaries um, that you have, <laughs> and and it's to me success is holding on to my virtues even in hard times because. I know fundamentally, I don't control anybody but myself. I don't control, any, I don't control, control right. you know, my wife. Um, Absolutely. And she doesn't control me. So right. you have I, your life, your happiness too. Right, right, right. Um, so anyway, all of this is say, um, I think it was just, it was just almost catastrophic to, 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 to witness other people go through it and um, and even as I, as I've been on, on my on my faith journey for 17 years, 
you know, I've seen it, you know, with peers wow. of mine, older people um, go through divorces. And I think that's really that pain provided a lot of motivation for writing the book. Like, can I help people to avoid this pain with some insights? Like what, what are some common problems that happen in marriage? Let me address those in this book. So um, I could help provide healing or to, to provide strength, to provide guidance in this, in this, in this pretty challenging situation to be in uh, marriage. A marriage can be. It's not always challenging, but it certainly can be. And that's the thing. I mean, the, the, the running joke is the three rings. There's the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and the suffering. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Right, no, right. But I feel like, it, but I feel like, no, overall, like, it, it's, 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 a, um, heck of a, like, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but there's also, the, after the honeymoon phases, they're still going to pay the bills. You still got to make a life part, trying to learn. You're still trying to learn yourself, learn how, who you are develop different um, your identity as a couple as a team and i always remember we talked about this last time we talked about ideally like i always say that i didn't need a coach or a cheerleader or you know i need someone that's going to be able to put on the jersey and we all win championships you know mm -hmm. and no bench warmers allowed you know it's, i play my position you play your position i play my role you play your role um, you know, and, and, and in itself, I feel like that's supposed to be a partnership. And, and, and sometimes I got to make sacrifices. Sometimes you got to make compromises. You can't always have all you want, you know, and sometimes you got to let it go sometimes and be the better person and let things go. And, and, it's, and it's just one of those things where like, I, I feel like how, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the things that take a lot of work. And some people want all the benefits for not putting in the work. And it doesn't work like that. You can't work for a job or have the benefit of working a job. You got to earn it. So I earn your keep. So I think then itself, I mean, it's, 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 it's one of the hardest things you ever do in one's life, man. I, I really feel like that's something like, you know, people who are in the military rather go and get deployed and go overseas and get blown up and get shot at and deal with their own marriages when they come back home. Right. It's one of the hardest things to do in your life. And it, it's amazing to me how um, society also to the way it's constructed, how marriage is supposed to be a certain way and how celebrity marriages never last and how everything is it's really sad how everything and it doesn't have to be that way and i feel like this book is perfect and going back to the whole pandemic you know during this pandemic it's been really hard it's been opening up a lot of problems and wounds there's been a surge in uh, domestic violence right. divorce divorce has gone up increasing massively and then a lot of also poor, poor the, the children too also a lot of uh, um uh, child abuse too, you know, this homeschooling, the kids, all the other issues been going on. But I feel like, you know, having to find a book like this, the book is amazing. I mean, I, I'm reading through the book and I'm learning so much more about how uh, just your life and you breaking it down and making it fun to read. Because I feel like these types of books about marriage are not fun to the kids, you know, to younger couples, to the younger generation. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, marriage is too long for me. I don't know about that life. You know, I want to do my own thing. I want to be casually dating, blah, blah, blah. But when this book really came out and I'm reading through it, it just really put a different twist on marriage to me. I feel like it made it more uh, relatable, made it more current. And, and it wasn't just for younger couples or young people. It was for all walks of life, including people in their, you know, older seasoned, you know, people who've been married. So I feel like the book is a fantastic. Mm, I appreciate you for I, doing I that, that as well. Thank you. Yeah. You know, there's, there's it's, it's fascinating uh, to think about marriage and how people view it, which, you know, there is, and I, and I talk openly in the book about, there's about, and I quoted somebody else who said it, they, and they, the way they said it is, 
um, it's normal to, to at, at some point in time in your marriage to, to ask, did I marry the wrong person? Like, mm-hmm. that's a yeah. normal um, concept. Um, and it's Charles and Linda Bloom in, in their book. Um, um, and, and, and when they broke that, they said that, it was really freeing to me to hear because in the struggle, um, there was normalcy. And that's a whole real, that's a whole chapter in my book. It's it's on uh, it's on the U chapter. Um, understand that challenges are normal. Yeah. If they're normal, then I mean there's a lot of solutions um, to whatever challenge you're going through. So and I know people, you know, yeah, people have had a, a you know a number of terrible experiences hearing about marriage or with marriage. Um, but my my goal, I think, with with the book is to understand the virtues that contribute to the, the best somebody can have in their marriage. And if you, if you understand like virtues and you, you pursue life virtuously, then uh, in li- it can really, um, I mean, I, in the worst times of my marriage, I go, why did I do this? In the, in the best times, I, I said, man, I should have done this a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so when you said about how, um, like the whole dynamic of being able to be real in that moment. Like it's okay to question everything that you do. You know, like you say, one day is I have, I'm grateful that I married this person that day. I'm like, dude, what was I thinking? But that's, that's real though. I mean, we're all human. We understand that sometimes, you know, we get caught up in our emotions and our feelings, but I think that's, that's what's real. And that's what keeps you accountable for your own self and reflecting yourself. Okay. Because they said that the best gift that you can give your spouse is your best self of yourself, mm. you know? And I think that's that's key, man, because if you're always holding back or you're not giving your all into the relationship and you're always half-cheeking your way through stuff, you're never going to really embrace the true authentic self to really give the best part of yourself to your spouse. And then like vice versa, you know, if you're always giving and always taking, it's going to have a lot of problems and it's going to be uneven and it's going to be constantly an imbalance. And I think that's, that's profound. I mean, you got to understand that that that's understanding that and and that's like accountability like how people because i think the biggest lie we can all say to ourselves and in marriage and also in some life the thing i'm the only one going through this that oh this is not normal that everyone else is like they've never been through this and most chances at nine out of ten i'm sure that people and other couples are going through the same thing you've gone worse you know and are like man i'm glad i'm not going through that that's not as bad we have you know baby <laughs> like we don't have to you know what I'm saying? we show you all the things but not like that bad but it doesn't matter i mean every situation whether it's stupid stuff whether there's cry or spill milk all of these things we are human and relate to it and the, to see it like that and to see that oh that my man is falling apart but realizing you know maybe we don't have it as bad as my other people maybe we can help them out. i mean all the different things is it's a lie we tell ourselves. We think we're the only one going through things, and I think that's amazing how we put it like that, and and in, in, in this context. Yeah, for sure. Uh, spot on, brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, another thing. This is just one of the things. It's like the more I see this, more, and this is something you can talk about this more. Um, but you know, there's a lot of hype and preparations for marriages, and people put like so much stress and strain, and I, I always feel like how this wedding, the celebration should be about two people but the sad part about it is always like having to cater to the whole mass and it's like are you guys pitching in for the wedding you know are you going to help pay for the honeymoon and it's like that dynamic of that and i always wonder like why it takes a wedding for have people to show up but then and then and then during the time between nobody shows up for life you know mm-hmm. and and also about how um 
uh, why do people show up for funerals? You know, all the time between, where are you guys at? And it was like a giant funeral, like a reunion to celebrate someone's life. And then where were you at during that time between? And I feel like you talked about having mentors and coaches. I think that's probably something I'm not too familiar of. And I feel like that we don't have enough of that type of accountability for marriages, relationships. And I feel like you talked about that in the book. And can you talk about more about that and how that's benefited your life and how that's also something that's an ongoing thing? The accountability right, and, right, right. You know, I think about what you said, the, the, the concept that came to me was like, uh, I could be an island if I want to, right? And I can, I can create that where I'm isolated or my wife and I are isolated, even more so with, you know, COVID-19 you know, isolated, quarantined, um, yet, or I can proactively put myself around other people and be building those connections all along the way. Um, and, and I think that's, that's the big thing for me, which is I want to be a positive influence on everybody's lives, you know, um, 100% of the population. I want to, I want to help everybody. Uh, and yet, so for me, it's, it's about be, making myself available to, to make those connections and, but also to be present uh, with other people. Again, like I know we, we talked earlier about the phone, so I, I won't dig too much into that, but when it comes to being present and when in, in my relationships that I build, I believe I have some fantastic friendships, but, but, but the, the grace of giving people my undivided attention, like, like the way I am right now, with, with, with you, Ramiro, like you're the only person in existence right now, if, I, if I'm right. focused. But if I have the phone up, then I'm like, oh, wait, there's five other people that are right here. Um, but anyway, I, I just think it's, to me, I have, I have a passion for cultivating ongoing relationships um, and bring and anybody who, who, who wants to elevate their life, I want to be connected to them. Anybody who doesn't, that's okay. Hey, I'll, I'll, lo I'll love you. Um, and I'll, I'll love you from afar. <laughs> but, uh, right. and, and, and of course, I, I believe in playing the role of strengthening people. But a lot of my world inside my business, even outside my business in the community, it's about elevating people, lifting mm -hmm. people up, building them up. And if people want that, then typically we're a natural fit. But if people don't want that, it's, it's easy for us to, I think, fade from one another. Because for me, back to your analogy of, I see myself putting on the jersey over and over again and getting back on the court. Mm, like, yes. Like absolutely. the idea of being in the stand. Like, I, I like how you say coach, cheerleader, or stand. Like, we didn't say, you didn't say stand, but I think about... Right, right. Bench warmer. Uh, well, 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 I think there's a number of people when they approach life, it's, it's not even about being active it's about being an audience member mm. and that's one thing i just don't want my life to be about which i don't want to be an audience member watching other people live life watching other go. people you know i actually want to live my own i want to i want to experience you know explore experience you know ex ex experience yes. I, I want all that absolutely man well this has been a great time what can we learn more about your book and about your all your awesome podcasts Fantastic question. The best thing for you to do to get the book is to go, go to abcsofthriving.com. That's abcsofthriving.com. That website will forward you over to the Amazon site for you to be able to purchase the book. And right now, it's the lowest price it will ever be. 
$1.99. So go over to that to, to Amazon, buy the book. Of course, leave it a five-star rating on Amazon so more people can learn about the book. Regarding where to find the podcast, the Strong Life Coach Podcast, you can find it anywhere you eat your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, it's it's on 20, I think 25 different platforms for your podcasting convenience. Well, Derek, thank you for joining for this podcast and sharing your journey. Thank you for having me on this show. Thank you for everything you have done so far in this book and writing it. We'll connect with you next episode. Be strong and stay strong. Thank you.